0: Hi there, welcome to the share your story podcast. This series is becoming part of the legs go program developed by ergo medical and aims to help you become active in your healing. These are real and inspiring stories from leg ulcer patients. Why? Because you're not alone in your journey to healing. My name is Sally, I'm 80 years old. I'm a long proponent of leg ulcers. Not an expert in many things, but I am an expert in that. First occurred to me 15 years ago, reoccurred several times since, but at the moment, thank goodness, I am free. I'm clean, so to speak, and that's an interesting word I'm using. Yes, I'm free at the moment and have just gone through an operation for, oh, I don't know the technical term, but it's to do with my veins. I've been lasered, I've been foamed, and I've been stripped. And I don't know which order, but the three things have been done. So I'm hoping against hope that that will help me, but it isn't the whole answer. Right at the beginning, it was total denial. What is this marker whole? on my leg that's hurting me so much. I didn't know what it was. I'm not a great one for going to GPs. I thought, I can sort this out, of course I can. And it didn't get any better at all. So I did go to the GP. She, unfortunately, or he, was in no better position than I was because I was referred to the local nurse who looked at me and said, what shall we try? Now that did not fill me full of confidence because I didn't know, so we went through seaweed, we went through manuka honey, we went through a myriad of things, and each week, when the bandages came off, I was in a worse state than I'd been the previous week, and I kept saying, don't you think I should see someone who knows about this? She said, well, there isn't anyone. Eventually, after I think it was 12 weeks, I was referred to a vascular surgeon, by which time my leg was in an atrocious, all the skin had broken down, so what had started off as, I assume now, an ulcer about the size of a 10p, if that, was now the whole leg from the knee down had broken out. And so, you know, I was put on antibiotics, And then eventually I did see two young nurses who were in the bowels of this hospital, no wind. I mean, really, you knew straight away they weren't priority in this hospital. You could tell. And they looked at it and said, what on earth's been happening here? By which time, of course, I cried, because I I was desperate. Oh, we'll sort this out. And they were so positive and jolly. And, oh, don't worry about this, we'll get this cleared up. It's not going to be comfortable, you're not going to enjoy it, but we'll get you out of this. Well that was the first message of hope I'd had. Of course they proceeded to do the pressure bandaging. I'd never experienced anything like it. I said, you want me to stay in this day and night? Yes, and so it went on. And the first time they took the bandages off would have been a week later. I could see a vast improvement. It wasn't good but it was such an improvement. And I thought, gosh, at last I've met somebody who knows what they're doing. And it seemed as simple as all these other things we'd gone through, which had probably cost the surgery a fortune and simple, so-called simple bandaging. This pressure was the answer and has continued to be. I then went five, six years Fine, they told me, you must wear these pressure hose, Sally. Yes, 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 yes. But when you're free, you don't. I didn't. I'd leave it off for a day, and then, oh, it was lovely. I'd leave it off for a week, and then back it came. Why didn't you listen? Why do you think you know so much better than everybody else? But you do. You think I'm unique. (laughs) There's nobody else like me. But there is. Back I went in, unfortunately the thing repeated itself. The thing being, getting referred. I couldn't get back to those nurses. It took another 12 weeks through the bureaucracy. Nobody would listen. I felt dirty, I felt guilty. I thought, well, it's my fault I've done this. If I'd done what I'd been told, and to a certain extent that's true, But the attitude was, oh, well, you didn't wear your stockings, you're not doing what we're telling you, you need to get some weight off, you need... And this is a continuous thread throughout the whole... I think I've had four bouts, so to speak, of um, leg ulcers. I must admit now, the third time, I paid, unfortunately, to go and see a vascular surgeon. And she immediately put me back in what I... Turn my grippers, because that's what they do to you. But it works. You know, by this time, of course, I knew. I don't want it, but it's going to work. The inference was, once we get this cleared, oh, good, Sally, off you go. There was no, watch it, Sally, you know, you need now. Because by this time also, my legs were really stained. So I went from wearing skirts and all that, then I was in trousers for the rest of my life, which I regret. Because I'm sure if the proper treatment had been given initially, that staining may not be there. I don't know. At my age now, it isn't that important. When I was much younger, 15 years ago, it was important. I was still working. I was parents, whether I like it or not is important. And I want to be like everybody else, you know, in ordinary tights or stockings or whatever it was. And the ones I was wearing, there was no way they were ordinary. You you couldn't get away with it. Uh, whereas having the confidence I should have done and should have been encouraged to, I didn't feel like that. I wanted to hide away, pretend it wasn't happening, never mentioned it. As I've said to several people, it's not the sort of thing you talk about at dinner. You can talk about your broken arm. You can talk about a heart problem. You don't bring your ulcer-related legs to a dinner table. It's just not on. I've never been told by anyone else... Oh, gosh, Sally, I had that. Never had it admitted to me. Never. I know people who, underneath their voluminous skirts, are bandaged up to their hilt. Not correctly, in my, <laughs> my opinion, but the district nurse is calling and dressing it, I'm sure, very competently, but it won't get rid of them. First of all, you must admit you've got a problem here and you need to seek professional help. You can't just go to a chemist and sort it. It's not going to work. But also to encourage them because when you're going week after week being bound up, you think, I'm never going to be free. But I'm an example. Yes, you can. But you have to have a fairly positive attitude. I don't like the last time I had it but I was in a much better frame of mind. This will go, Sally, but you have to have goals. No use sitting at home feeling sorry for myself. I have to be part of the healing process. I can't do anything with my leg because that's just there and they're seeing to it. But what is it I can do? I must walk more. I must exercise more. In my case, I've learned to swim because I thought to myself, what is it I can do where I'm weightless, but I'm thrashing around? Because the one thing I hate in life is water. And I thought, oh, I can't. But I've done it. It's taken me a year from being frightened of going down the steps to doing the crawl because I can't do the breaststroke. I wanted Mother's Union swimming, head up and poodling. My instructor said no, and he's delightful. Young, handsome, which helps. And uh, he said to me, no, I'm teaching you to swim. And now, about three weeks ago, I swam the length. And if you could have given me £100, it wouldn't have replicated that feeling. It made such a difference. I thought, right, now what's the next thing? You know, just because I'm 80 doesn't mean I'm going to give up on life. Because life is there, I live it, or I just exist. And that's what I was doing in the beginning. I wanted to hide, I wanted to go anywhere rather than talk about it. The darkest time was when I wanted to give up, and I mean that in all senses of the word. It got to that stage, I'm afraid. It's very difficult. You're sitting there and you think, what am I going to do? I can't live with this for the rest of my life. And I don't want people. I had this thing that people were staring at me. Of course they're not. They're not interested in you. But at that time, because you're so obsessed with it, you think everybody's looking at you and wondering what it is that's wrong with you with these bandages. And people have this preconceived idea that if you're... Overweight, at a certain age, oh, it's pure neglect. And it wasn't neglect. There was a weakness in my veins. That's what it should have been explained to me. Not you're too fat or you should be doing X, Y or Z. You have a weakness in your veins which we must support. That would have made such a difference to me. Because that's more, is the wrong word, acceptable. Acceptable. You know, to talk about, people talk about weakness of heart or lungs or whatever it is. But I had a weakness in my veins, that's all. And it can be cured. That's what I had to be convinced of. And it isn't easy when you're nine, ten weeks into bandages and it's hot and it's midsummer and you think, that's it, are the scissors, it's coming off, I cannot do this any longer. And every morning you wake up and you think, oh. My leg is is killing me. But now I put up with it and that's it. But I tell you what it's done. As soon as my legs hit the floor in the morning, I'm moisturised to the point of extinction and I am stockinged. Was there anybody around that gave you that encouragement and hope? Yes, it was a, a medical person. It was the first vascular surgeon that I went to see. And she was a little scrap of a thing. And she said to me, why are you so upset about it? Because I was, I was in tears. She said, you know, we can do something about this. It's been neglected, were her words. Not, We haven't gone down the right path yet. But we can. It can be retrieved. And it was that thought, God, somebody actually believes me, you know, and I am prepared. I do realise that in any situation like this, it has to be a two-way thing. I can't just sit there and say, look, there's my leg, sorted. I have to participate in this. It's got to be a two-way contract, which I've had here, you know, my latest uh, clinic. They all chat to me. I'm part of the team. You know, they actually ask me. What do you think, Sally? You know, is this now... Are you comfortable? Are you all right? Let's try so-and-so and and -and so-and-so sort of hosiery or whatever, you know? I'm part of the healing process, if you like. I'm not sort of some person who's neglected themselves and therefore was paying the price. You know, the old idea that you you pay for your sins. I wouldn't mind, but I wasn't sinning. I wasn't getting any fun out of it. It was horrible, absolutely dreadful. My advice to anyone would be seek help, but if they don't give it you, make a fuss. I'm sorry, but that's what I should have done. I was far too polite. These are the professionals I know nothing, let's, you know, listen to them. But in fact, the professionals didn't know a lot more than I did. Not in the clinics, not in the specialist treatment bellies. but you can't get there. And even now, I mean, when I had my last bout, which was in April, I cheated. I rang this clinic straight, direct. It's Sally again, oh, hello, Sally. <laughs> Within eight days, I'm in, I'm being seen to. Whereas if I'd gone through the GP... I would not have done it because they don't want to know. I have asked on the patient's participation group, how many people have we got in the surgery who are suffering from leg ulcers, may not be the only thing, but they are being seen by this practice or the district nurse or whatever, Oh, we don't keep those statistics and I now am a nuisance. And I say, it's all done digitally, you can tell me. I'm not blaming anyone, for goodness sake. I don't want the blame game. I want people to be made well. And in fact, it'd be cheaper to do it. To get a nurse, it's rare, I think, to find a practice that will allow their nurses to go away for eight weeks, but they have to release them, which costs them money. But in the long run, it'll save them, never mind the well-being of their clients. If I had had somebody do to me what I can now, insist is done, my life would have been so different. I have to admit that I'm a bit of a, not a freak, but I, I have an antipathy to tablets. So when people say to me pain management, immediately out comes the paracetamol or the codeine. Well, that's death to me, codeine, because it Well, not to put a fine point on it, it bungs me up. And that's an even bigger, then I've got an even bigger problem, haven't I? So I try and stick. But you see, in the beginning, I was anti even taking that. There was the martyr in me, I think. I have to put up with this. This is what I've done to myself. I have to put up with it. No, I don't. I have two paracetamol and my daughter, who is a nurse, Says to me, Mum, you no know are taking two today and two in three days' time. You've got to keep up a level so that you feel comfortable. Once you feel comfortable, and we can get it. So, and I thought, well, yeah, she's trained; she ought to know. So that's what I do now. But I didn't in the beginning. I didn't take any pain management at all, and it is the most grinding pain. Uh, mine weren't very deep, apparently. There are people. Unfortunately, much worse off than myself. I didn't have much pain management or I didn't do it. I do now. I reach for the paracetamol four times a day and that keeps it at bay. And off I go. But again, you see, it's this learning, isn't it? It's this confidence that this is temporary. This isn't the rest of my life. We're going to get over this. There may be other things waiting for me. I don't say I look forward and I do hope the surgery will put an end to it, but we shall see. I have to agree to the exercise. I have to abide by the rules. You cannot cheat ulcers. They'll have you, (laughs) they win. You might as well give in to that and say, right. But we can do it together, we can. Unfortunately, as I say, I don't meet many people. Why? They're out there, so they're hiding it. They're doing what I did, hiding it under skirts, thinking, oh, it's too painful. I can't be bothered to go for a walk. It's not easy if you're on your own, and I'm on my own. It isn't easy to get that stick and get out there. I have other little goals. I make myself, I volunteer to do the parish magazines I moan about it. Every house I deliver to, I throw it through that letterbox box and think, why do you want a magazine? <laughs> I've got to come out to do this. But at the end of it, I'm quite smug. I've done that. I've done my exercise today. You know, and then I can go home and, I don't know, watch the telly or whatever I want to do. I do gardening, you know, and... Uh, I'm not one for pain management, so I can't really talk about it. That's as far as I've gone. I don't go further than paracetamol. I was quite arrogant in the sense of being quite confident in what abilities I thought I had. It never occurred to me that my body was going to break down because it was neglected. There's no question about it. I'm not blaming myself, but I did not moisturize my skin. I watch ladies now, because I attend a health club, and they're moisturized from head to toe. As soon as they come out of the pool or down from the gym, it's out with a moisturizer. And and I think, oh gosh, how sensible. I didn't, I didn't do that, I didn't bother with things like that. They weren't important. Intellectual things, yes, but it's the body that let me down, isn't it? I am... <laughs> I can't remember the name, the moisturiser I do, a double base. I Whatever it is, the firm, they've made a fortune because I think I keep them going, you know? And when I go on holiday, I make sure the first thing that goes in that travel bag are my moisturising creams because that is also a secret to it because my skin, when it initially happened and the other twice was dry, became cracked, and off we go. Most things, it's to get the information out there, not in jargon terms. It has to be simple, to the point. You very kindly sent me some information, which, I must admit, it's 13 pages long. I did plough through it. But if I was a busy mum or whatever, I wouldn't have done that. You know, I had no concept of moisturising my body. My face, for goodness sake, and that wasn't going to break up. Well, I don't know. Do you have face ulcers? I don't know. But, you know, I should have been more aware. Because if I think about it, you see, my grandmother had leg ulcers, but we never talked about it. Why is Mungi's leg always up? Shh. My aunt had it, and I looked after her until she died. I'd say to her, Auntie Megan, you really should go, and I know you can... No, 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 you leave it. It's all right, I can manage. You know, and it's just saying to things like, get information out there. It's like, well, forgive me for saying this, perhaps, it's a bit like AIDS. When AIDS first came, oh, God, you know, mustn't have a teacup, you mustn't touch anyone, you mustn't do it. And as more and more information became now, thank goodness we can talk about it. I'm not putting leg ulcers in the same category, but how many people do you hear talking about them? You don't. And yet, I read statistically that there are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of us suffering in varying forms. People must be aware themselves what these ulcers? I, I assume, can they affect any age? I mean, I don't know, I, d- I don't know that. It's not the domain of the old, is it? Very, very important that we don't let people think, oh, it's, oh, she's old, oh, she's all right, she's not going anywhere at 80 anywhere. Well, you know, why, why worry about that? She's clean, she's tidy, she's sitting there. Well, there's a heck of a sight more to life than that. There is help, you may have to be persistent, if not you yourself, your family. Insist that something is done. As I say, enter this contract with your surgery. I don't know what to do, if you don't know what I'm doing, for me that's what a general practice is, you pass me on and pass me on quickly. Quickly is the thing, time is the thing. If I had been seen, sooner than an expert would have sorted me out. So don't despair. There is help out there, but you may have to fight for it. There's only a limited resources available. You've got to fight for your little bit. It's as simple as that, and I think the more people that are aware, then perhaps things will improve because it is there. There is this clinic now that we're in, superb service here couldn't be better. How many people know about it? No. So that's it. My call would be, get out there. Insist that something is done. Don't settle for second best. But enter the contract yourself. Entering the contract will make you feel so much better. You're part of the healing process. You're not just sitting there giving your leg to someone or whatever it is, bit of you. You know, you're part of it, and if you're part of it, you'll take part. And that would be my message to anyone. You just listened to the Let's Go Share Your Story podcast. For more information on how you can become an actor of your healing, visit the Ergo Medical website at www.ergomedical.com